episode 262 of Kane's cast and Shane Willis, before you know it, the fantasy of the regular season will be the reality. We're one week away, Mike. Let's get ready. Not only that, we've got a fantasy league to start up. Yeah, we have to start studying, making our draft board. Our team will be prepared. Oh, yeah. I mean, 11 goalies in the first 11 rounds. I mean, we were very unhappy with last year's finish. I know. We finished third, technically fourth, because of a tiebreak rule with ESPN. Uh, I, I, I brought that up with the folks at Disney and ESPN. They're going to rectify that in the future. Unacceptable, though. Yeah. Unacceptable I mean, performance by us. I mean, we we'd said that we were going to win the whole thing, and we were in the dance we're in the final four, but you know what? We don't hang banners for final fours. No, we sure don't. No, we don't. Not us. Not here. But uh, when I mentioned the reality of the regular season is right around the corner, Shane, there's two preseason games left for Carolina, both against Nashville, a home and home. And then just looking at the schedule, we are seven days indeed, a week away as we are recording this podcast to the start of the regular season for the Carolina Hurricanes. Six days away from the start of the regular season of the NHL. Well, we got to see the greatest fans in the league just the other night during an autograph session, Mike. Um, everyone is so excited, not only to see the guys again, to be, be back in the building. We know what the fans are going to bring Wednesday the 11th to this game. And I think, as you mentioned, preseason, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this as well, it's been one of the harder preseasons for me to really judge and gauge where guys are at, not necessarily from a skill perspective, but it's been a long training camp, it seems like, um, with the number of guys that yeah. had to have remained in camp because of games and all those type of things. So a lot of people have asked, and we're going to get into some Twitter questions, I think, of where you see this team at right now. And I think, for me, exhibition has been kind of difficult to tell and kind of you haven't seen all the pieces together even close yet. That's part of it you you see it at practice the way that the groups are split up and you can tell and you can go online and look at how the groups are split up which one is the NHL roster and then the guys in the other group who are trying to crack their way to be part of that group so that's where you're really seeing it Shane and honestly it looks when you watch the practices it looks like you'd expect an NHL team to practice and what they're doing and what they're going through and doing the drills and then Rod Brennamore and the coaching staff implementing little things here and there on special teams at five-on-five five play, going over those scenarios. But as you know, in, in the preseason now, I really think, especially when you have a team that is built to get to the postseason or be one of the favorites, you just kind of want to get out of the preseason with that core group intact. And then what did you see for other guys? Like the read this preseason is – what are you seeing on guys on the PTO? What are you seeing out of a player like Felix Ungersorum, who has mm. almost come out of nowhere, and he's still here? And I think that even if there were significant cuts, I think he'd still be here with the way that he's been playing. Like Those are the things that you're noticing right now from the Canes. And it's we've talked about it before, and I don't want to be you know, in, from the redundancy department of redundancy, but it just feels like now – you kind of talk to guys, engage. What do you need? How many games do you really need, right? I mean, if if you're in the league, if you're Jordan Stahl, and it's funny because I did ask this the other day to a, a couple of the players. I asked Jordan Stahl, I like, realistically, how many preseason games do you need? 
and he's like one or two. You know, you, you want to get bumped around a little bit. You want to get the hands back. You want to get that feel of a game before you get put into the regular season. Sebastian Ajo said like two or three for him, you know, and leaned actually more towards three. So you can, you know, basically it's what you talked about last week. You get a couple of hits out of the way. You deliver a hit. Well, you try to avoid a hit. I'm not sure if you you delivered a I'm couple. I'm not sure in if day. you've ever watched my games. Mike. I did. I did. In preseason, avoid was key. Yes. But, I mean, you might give a couple because it's you're more prepared, but yeah, but then smashed into the glass in preseason. No, not necessary. But then Brendan Lemieux said, "Give me all of them." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's different yeah. different makes and models all around that room. Exactly, like of, of guys who wanted to play. So I do think it's different, and I do think that the one thing that that this entire staff and it goes to uh, this guy who we talk about a lot. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. And head athletic trainer Doug Bennett and athletic trainer Matt Aiello and the entire staff of what do we think the guys need? Like everybody has the the input on it in the preseason. And it, it by no means has it been, you know, summer camp and it's easy. It has been a just, you said it, feels like a drag Mm-hmm. because it feels like they've been at it forever, and you want to play real meaningful games. Well, and I think it always feels that way when you're getting close to the end right. of that drago. But you mentioned all of those guys behind the scenes, but how detail-oriented they are. Yeah. Not even when you're talking about managing guys' minutes or game counts in the preseason, but how this group continually uses the numbers and the workloads throughout training camp to really talk to the head coach and say, this is the day we take off. This is the day maybe we only, which we saw just a few days ago, they only do an off-ice workout, right? They don't even skate. I don't know when I played if there was ever a time when you didn't skate during training camp. But again, the way the game has grown and the way training and all the analytical numbers now come into play and – Again, you and I both know we have the best group behind the scenes that can give that plan to the head coach and to Don Waddell and say, this is the path to make sure, as you mentioned, you come out of preseason and a week from today, this team is at 100% fully energized, ready to go to take on the Ottawa Senators. The the one thing that I've noticed is, is different, and I don't know if this is around the league and it's been a change, but how many scrimmages would you have against your teammates in the preseason. Yeah, a lot. And when you look back at them, sometimes those were more intense than the preseason game. Yeah. Because you're going head-to-head with a guy whose job you're trying to take. And I think teams have gotten away from that because, again, the health and importance in how long this season is outweighs any red-white scrimmage that you might throw together. Yeah. Well, and especially when, again, looking at this Canes team, you kind of know the roster. And in, in what it's going to be. So that's where you're at at this point. But I think it's now just counting down to opening night against Ottawa. And then you go on the road trip out west through California, up through Seattle, little pit stop in Colorado, come back for a day off, and then down to Tampa. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the start. Seems normal. Sure. Yeah, um, why not? Well, you've been on those road trips. You yeah. understand how it goes. Yeah, the weird last game always gets me. But – you talk about the journey and what it is. I'm excited for Friday night. I think the final exhibition game, the preseason game of the season, you'll kind of see, right? You're going to see 
really what Rod Brindamore is thinking, you know, looking towards opening night. Um, and again, there's still a few pieces to work into play and, and what happens there against Nashville on Friday. But that's a game we're really looking forward to from this team as kind of the final bow on preseason to say now you have yeah. four days to get your mind right, to get your bodies really right to start this season off on the right note. The uh, only update that we can continue to give, though, as far as players, is Andrei Svechnikov has remained in the gold jersey. I won't call it a yellow jersey. The non-contact jersey all through training camp. So I don't know what that signals. Who knows what that means? Well, the uh, when, message still is he's progressing in the right direction. Oh, yeah, that's that's been the message. But, you know, ultimately it comes down to the doctors and what they say and where everything's at. You know, if you ask the player... <laughs> yeah, let's go. You know, if you ask Andrei Svechnikov, absolutely he's ready to go. But you're in a situation now where if you're the, the Hurricanes, you can you can play this with caution as far as where Andrei Svechnikov is. And when, and in fact, I think with almost any player, you want to make sure that when they're in the lineup, they're at their best. There's a 100%, no question, no doubt, let them go play. And I think that you'll see that. I don't know when he'll play, but I would imagine just by how he's looked in drills and everything he's done, <laughs> I would lean towards if the answer is sooner or later, I would lean towards sooner, but we'll wait and see. I'm going to, I got two things for you here. One's a question and you may not know the answer to this and I don't know the answer to this. Is there a, you know, a final appointment once training camp is over with the team doctors to give it another look and to have that final, you know, Andre, you, yeah. you and I both know Andre and our fans love Andre. He's, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm yeah. good. But is there that one more date coming up? Do you think that this team says, oh, I'm sure. Go back in. Let's take one final look, see where we're at. I'm sure. I'm and sure again, that, that some of the best doctors in the world here in Raleigh that will make sure before the green light is given for Andre Svechnikov because we know he wants it. Well, this is, this isn't one I can say I have the definitive answer, but I can tell you I'm sure that there is a, we're going to go back and take another look. My, and other, my other analogy would be, um, as I love movies as you do, um, do you remember the movie uh, Something About Mary? Oh, yeah. And do you remember when they're trying to drug the old lady's dog? Yes. And he's in the bathroom, and when Ted comes in, there's just that banging on the door of the dog. <laughs> I feel like... If we wait too long, that could be Andre Svechnikov trying to get out of the cage. It's <laughs> a pretty darn good analogy. Huh? Yeah. Because you know he wants to go. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like, Dougie Bennett's on the other side of the door holding it, being like, no, you can't get out. Not yet. <laughs> no. Uh, that's a pretty darn good analogy. Good visual. Uh, that's why Why if you're not listening to Kane's cast, look what you've been missing. Uh, <laughs> also better. Better uh, than where I thought you were going to go with that. Anyways, <laughs> well, anyways, in, in this situation, I, I don't think there's any reason to, to rush because we've talked about it. The, the schedule, the way it sets up, if you're the Hurricanes, look, I don't know what they're going to be by the end of October, but any of the slow starts that we have talked about the Canes are notorious for because of, those are gone. That's, that's in the past. That doesn't count. Uh, and it, it has no bearing on this team whatsoever. Anything that happened, you know, 10 years ago or even eight years ago, to be honest with you. And I think the best part for me about the trip as the boys head out west to L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Seattle, Colorado, for a player, and I know Rod would probably agree with me, 
every other day. Let's just keep going. Yep. You don't want to be stuck in a city for two days, three days, which we've seen before, and then play another game. It's every other game. You can get in a rhythm. You stay hot and come home. And I think the schedule for that trip sets up very nicely for this team to get out to that hot start the head coach wants to see. No, I think you're 100% bang on with that. Like, that's how it's going to play out. You know, if, if you're this team right now, your whole goal is to get your game on the ice, get ready to play. I don't know if there's going to be any surprises. You know, when we talk about this team, you know, we get the who's going to be the breakout player, who's going to do this, who's going to do X. I honestly think the hardest thing to manage as far as what goes on with a team are the expectations of young players who had a good season the year before, and then what are the veteran players going to do? You always want the young players to continue to improve, and then you want veteran players to just get to their max and deliver, in the words of our good friend Trip Tracy, deliver the goods the, the way that we know that they can. Night in, night out. I think that the Canes are, are at a point when you look up and down the roster, what you expect out of every member of this team is what they should deliver. I don't, I don't look at this and go, well, this needs to be a surprise player. You know, Marty Natchez needs to be a 70-point player again. Sebastian Ajo needs to be a point-per-game player. Tavo Teravainen needs to be a, a guy who is between 20 and 30 goals and 30 and 40 assists. If you can get that out of him, like, but that's expected. I don't, I don't look at anything and be like, well, this is the wild card and he needs to go there. Maybe if you're talking about Jesperi Kotkaniemi, how he finished the season last year, where I think he had like 27 points in the last 35 games, Shane. So if you can get that production out of him, all right, well, that's great. Well, he's a young player. He needs to continue. I expect him to continue to be on that path. I expect what you get out of Jordan Stahl, what we always get out of Jordan Stahl, and Jordan Martinook, and Jesper Faust. Like, you run down that list. I don't think that there's anybody who's going to, you look at and say, well, if he makes this, you know, jump to light speed, everything's going to be, well, you can say that about every team and every player. That would be awesome. But the great thing for the Canes is, I think everybody, as long as they hit their marks, we know what they are, and that's a good place to be in. Well, and I think the expectation from the organization, and as a player, you're going to put the expectation on yourself to improve. You're going to look at your numbers and say, I need to improve on that. I need to take a step forward. Because it's not only the pieces that Don Waddell was able to go out and add to this roster, but that's looked upon, too, from a growth and maturity standpoint of these young players and veteran players to build upon what you did last year. Because every other team is going to try and do that. You were a couple steps away from winning a Stanley Cup. So to hoist the Stanley Cup, you need your entire roster. It can't be one breakout player that totally changes it to make you win a championship. It has to be everybody taking those, you know, some guys are going to take two steps. Some guys are only going to take half a step. But stepping forward to an individual is what's going to be needed from this team when the season starts. There is, uh, you know, we can talk about taking people in the locker room. There's a, you mentioned the sign last week. It was the, it's not about you. It's about the guy in front of you and, you know, playing for him. Yep. There's a, a sign this year, it's 1%. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And that's that extra 1% that you have to give. That when you think you're at 100, no, what's the one more percent that you can give to make a difference? And to me, that's, that is, and we hear Rod talk about this all the time, and we talk about the parity around the National Hockey League, how hard it is to win. Right? We hear so many people all the time, and you're going to go up against 
you know, people are going to look at, say, Columbus or Anaheim and be like, well, this one's a tap-in tonight. There aren't those in the National Hockey League. And really, when you look across the board of professional sports, there really aren't many of those in any league, but especially in the National Hockey League as far as a tap-in. And, and by the way, when you lose a game in the NHL and you lose a game to, like, Anaheim, I believe the Canes didn't win a game against the Ducks last year. I think the Ducks went 2-0 and against Carolina. So you go back to your models on the wall, about 1%. That's a difference. Yeah. Right? Are you willing to do that extra thing to create those extra two points and a huge win for your team? And then, again, what we love about this team and everyone buys in, when you have every single guy taking that 1% to another level, now that's a game changer against any team in this league because the Hurricanes work so well together and move and take those steps together as well. Yeah, that's I think that's what it comes down to. And, oh, by the way, a little bit of a PSA because of what Shane just said. If and when your favorite team, because maybe there's people tuning into the Canes cast who are not necessarily uh, fans of the Hurricanes or it's their number one team, when your team does lose a game to, like, San Jose, who's predicted to be at the bottom, or Montreal, and it, it will happen – those teams are going to get wins. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world and everybody on your favorite team can't play and you need to make massive changes, just so we're clear on that one. I wanted, I wanted to put that one out there. <laughs> this is just me. If you can do me a favor and not – let's go movies. Little Will Ferrell. Yes. <clears throat> need to keep our, we need to keep her cool. Don't overreact. Keep our heads. Is that possible with fans in professional sports? I think it can be. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. That's, I'm just saying. Just gotta keep it together. Nobody lose it. That's all. <laughs> ah, but that's—I I know it'll happen. But you played—I—I I get to play this card. I think I say once a season. I think I end up doing it like every other podcast. Being in a coaching office for a season in the NHL, you as an NHL player, it's hard to win a game, <laughs> let alone. 50 and then go into the postseason and win 16 more to win the whole thing. Like, I just don't, I don't know how you can truly convey it unless you've been through it, how hard it is to win a game because things happen during the course of a game, a bounce, a penalty, a whistle goes against you. A whistle goes for you. That creates something. I mean, people don't understand the prep work. I mean, you have to be prepared for the unexpected, which is what makes hockey, I think, even more crazy to play when you go all the sports. Football, all week long, you get the playbook of the other team. Like, you know what the other team's going to run. You know when they line up, they're going to blitz, they're going to do this. When they line up offensively, it's going to be a run or a pass based on these tendencies. Baseball, you know what the pitcher wants to throw. You know how the defense is going to line up against you behind the pitcher. And based on X, Y, and Z, this is what's going to happen. Basketball, you see the defense in front of you, man or zone. There's a little bit of scramble, but not a ton. Hockey, there is so much unexpected, unpredictability. That's why it's hard to win a game. And the teams that are consistent and win 50, 55 games a year, it's, it's, you've got to tip your cap to them. And just, I'm in awe at the teams that do it and can do it for an extended period of time. And that's where the Canes are right now. There's no question. And I think they've shown that year after year. Yeah progressing to take those steps and and you mentioned it wasn't the end of the season you talk about breaks bounces injuries all those things is what this team has faced when you talk about adversity deep into the playoffs and now this year they're ready to step up and take another swing 
this team, I think, realizes all those things. I think when you look at teams, it's the ones that have been there. And you go back to, and where I'll go back to is the Edmonton Oilers dynasty because that's what I grew up in. And those players talking about the first few times in the playoffs and losing to the Islanders and losing to the Flyers and then realizing what it takes. And you talk about 1%. The players on the Carolina Hurricanes roster and in that locker room know what it takes to win. And the teams that aren't willing to do that and step back up to the plate, right? You talk about falling off the horse and getting back on, getting knocked down, getting back up. This team's going to be standing there one week from today saying, let's go. Yeah. We're not going to win the Stanley Cup tonight, but our journey together starts. But it's the, for me, it's the, this is our standard, and we don't come off of it for the 82 games in the regular season. No matter who's in or who's out of the lineup. It's not allowed. That's unacceptable. That's how you, and that's when you talk about the Oilers and what they did, we can talk about it's, all right, that really is April, May, June. But their standard was set in the regular season where they're like, you want a piece of us? Come and get us yeah. because we're going to go through you. And every night we're going to go through you. And the Canes can play their style game. It's almost like they make – the other teams now coming up against the Carolina Hurricanes, in my mind, there's so much more thought process and doubt really in opposing teams going, how do we get by this team? Yeah. And if we do get by them, it's probably a one goal. Right? Yeah. We probably skid through. If we get out of here with two, let's get out of here. Well, what the Canes have done, and I think they put it in the mindset of their opponent. When you played, let's be honest, there were teams where you're like, if the bus gets us to the arena tonight, we're going to win the game. That's just how it was, was, especially when expansion teams came in the league. You didn't have what you have now. Even expansion teams now are going to the Stanley Cup, making the playoffs in their first year or second year, because that's how good the league is. That's how many good players there are in the league. Where it used to be back in, I mean, definitely in the 80s and 90s, I mean, there was free lunch when you were playing Tampa and Ottawa when they first came in the league. You better get your points there. But those days are gone. And and to the other end, what the Canes do, Shane, you can't come in against this Rod Brindamore coach team in Jordan Stahl and Sebastian Ajo and say, "Eh, if we give the B effort tonight, We'll, we'll get a point. No, because the gains don't come off of what they do. And that's the really impressive thing about how they have come together. All right. We've got to uh, announce the Fantasy Hockey League. Oh. Yeah. I thought you had a r- big announcement. No, I don't have it. I mean, we got a whole <laughs> bunch of Twitter que- or X yeah, questions. Yeah, I thought we were going to we questions. We are, but. Right. We're announcing people, it today. People, Well, people need to know how to join the league. There are four spots. Four spots. Four spots. <laughs> spots. We'll get those out of the way before next week. Exactly. Four spots already occupied. Already uh, in. Yeah. As the world burns. Congrats. In. Congrats. You're Defending the defending champ. champ. We owe you dinner and lunch, and we'll get to that. Dinner and lunch? Well, one. Oh. Dinner or lunch. Or both. Mm. Or drunch. Drunch. We could do both. Mm. Uh, then there's something else to me, by the way. There's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we once again thank our presenting sponsor, yeah. Stormbrew. Stormbrew. And R&D Brewing, thank you. We'll get to the bottom of Drunch. Usually, that's how you get there. Uh, Archer for Canes, who knocked us out of the playoffs and reminded us as she uh, walked by us yesterday at the season ticket member thing. that day. Always love a quality chirp. Yep, it's a good chirp. Yep. Yeah, it's my mission now that every time we play Archer, zero's on the board for her squad. Okay. And then Colin Madewell. 
And then uh, we got to change the name of the team. Can-Am Connection, while it was strong, needs to uh, – we're going to workshop that one. Yeah, we're going to – let's work on a player's name this year. Yeah, we will. So somehow. it's top four. Top four in. So we're we'll in. welcome eight others. Eight others. So what you have to do is upon hearing this, you have to be a part of our league. You need to respond to me via X or <laughs> formerly Twitter or whatever it's called. Thanks, Elon. Uh, you need to respond with the hashtag for our league. It was Kane's cast. That was what we had. And then we can change this right now. But you just want to call it league? Yep. All right. Hashtag Kane's cast league. Hashtag Shane R. Willis. Those well, two things... Have to be on it. Have to be on the tw- on the X feed. On the X feed. The re- There's the re- eight spots. Eight spots. Get them while they're hot. First people to respond via Twitter to me with Kane's Cast League, followed by is we're not doing conference this year. We're doing league. We're moving up. Full league. Full league. And then hashtag Shane R Willis. I want to get that hashtag going. Yeah. And that'll help you remember, because after that, you can jump on and Venmo me. Venmo, Shane R. The cost for the league. <laughs> There's a cost for the league? There is now. There is now. I well, like I'll it. wait and see how much it is when people start sending me money. So there it is. Eight people. First eight people. You're the ones who get in. They will be timestamped, so we'll know how it goes. Ready, set, go. Go. All right. Uh, now, if you are ready, Shane, we have... Some of this here. If you like it, you can take it. If you oh. don't, send it right back. Starting out hot. Starting off hot. <coughs> Coach Owen. Piotr Kochetkov plays over 25 games this year and wins 18 of them. Taking it or leaving it. Glad we're back, boys. Five stars. It's a good one. It's a great question. Oh, I, I think 18 and 7, sure. I'd take it. Yeah, I'm, I definitely. The question of the over-under on 25, you and I talked offline about yeah. this here today. I, I like it. Yeah. And if this team is what we know we'll be doing in front of Piotr, um, I think it's been a very good training camp for Piotr. I think 18-7 and seven is a tap-in. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. 18-7, and seven, I think all of the, no matter what goaltender you're talking for, for the Canes would get to that mark in 25 games. Here's another one. We'll keep it rolling. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Micah Patchen wants to know, Jalen Chatfield and Caleb Jones would be starting on every other team in the league. Canes will have at least two All-Stars this year. Oh. And who? Whoa. What was the first part? Uh, Chatfield and Jones would be starting on every other team in the league. I don't – I mean, I, I think that these I mean, are – every other team might be a stretch. I will put it this way. Jalen Chatfield – is a top six defender for the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. but they have eight defensemen who can play NHL yeah. minutes. Same thing with Jones, but when you say every team, like, well, or every other team. Yeah, I'd have to go down the list. Vegas of has, Vegas is deep on the blue line. I, I If you want to give me a number, I'd say 20 of the 32 well, I was teams. I more than that. I, I mean, but, like, that's the, like, I can go at least 20 yeah. out of 32, well, probably least, 20, uh, probably 25. 25. Yeah. So, so not every other. So we're, can we partially take it? The half take? The half take. We just take the muffin top? 
one that's <laughs> are you the you don't eat the bottom of the muffin, do you? Yes, I do. Do you? Unless I'm cutting. Oh. <laughs> then you don't even eat any of that. Save it all for me. Uh, the other part was the Kings will have two all stars this year, and who? Uh, the only way you get two all stars now is if you get the goalie in with somebody up front. It's too hard with the format. Yeah. I would say sure, take it, but or, it would be... Or the only way you get two in is if... You know, somebody taps out. Right. If someone has an er- injury rate before and they feel your guy's more warranted. But someone's got to go from their team. Yeah, and that becomes the problem. I mean, the one thing for the Canes, though, when you talk about All-Stars, the, there's not huge numbers because it's the group. Right, so then when other teams start slotting their guys, then you look at position... Oh, I heard about this Uh-oh. this morning. This is the government warning going off on everyone's phone Uh-oh. right now. Perfect. This is just a test. This is a test I of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. Yeah. Savannah Guthrie shared this with me this morning. Said oh. at 220, your phones are all going to go bonkers. Everyone's phone in the country just went off, by the way. Great. It worked. Well done. Savannah, thank you for the update this morning. You remember when this would come in when you'd watch TV and it'd scare the hell out of you when you're kind of like half asleep and then you'd hear, this is a test. Yes. And of the National Wireless Emergency emergency Alert System. Yeah, Al Roker followed that sound up on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The purpose is to maintain and improve alert and warning capabilities at the federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial levels and to evaluate the nation's public alert and warning capabilities. No action is required by the public. What's actions required if that really goes off? I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> what should we do? If that actually was real, what are we supposed to be doing right now? I'm sure they would tell us. Like heading to a bomb shelter? <laughs> where, where are we going to a bomb shelter? <laughs> I work in the lower levels of PNC Arena. I think you're right. Here's another one. If you one. like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. It's from G-R-I-F-F. Griff. What? He spelled it Griff. Oh. There's apostrophes. Take it or leave it. Canes finish October with 16 of a possible 20 points. I mean, that's 8-2. and two. I mean, the, the prediction we made for the whole season, we need that. <laughs> yeah. We need to start like that, baby. Let me see. Ten games. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I think it can be done. Looking at the schedule, I think it can be done. I think eight and two is a, a real possibility. I agree. Take it. Take it. Thank you, G-R-I-F-F. That's Griff. Griff. Uh, this one, I don't even know why I'm going to play this because we're going to take this. If yeah. you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Polish jerk. Brett Pesci will have his name engraved on Lord Stanley's Cup at the end of the season as a Carolina Hurricane. I'll take it. Take it. Take it. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. What, why wouldn't you? What are you hearing? I'm not hearing anything. That's Me why either. I take it. So why wouldn't you take it? Exactly. I don't. Why are we asking it? I didn't. He did. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> now we're here, and now we're in this room. Okay. Scott M. Scotty. Who, who do you think will quarterback the power play? Tony D. or Burnsy? Well, from is it a bad thing to have two? Well, from practice right now, mm-hmm. and training camp, one of the power play units features them both. Ooh, is that one clicking? We'll see. Oh, we'll see. It's hard because it's practice. But uh, Tony D'Angelo is at the top of the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Brent Burns is in a bit more of a one, shooting position, if one you will. Timer. Uh, Dmitry Orlov is quarterbacking the other power play unit. Just so 
people were wondering on that one. Uh, this one from the Complainiac. Is it possible to get an in-depth understanding of the salary cap for the season? Lots of roster juggling. So now that it's settled out, how does it work? Can you explain how we can can use unused cap later in the year? The Justin Williams January 2020 signing comes to mind. So as the season goes along, you bank salary cap space. Meaning the longer you stay under it and you reach the first month of the season and you don't call up players who are making certain money that eat into your salary cap, you get space. That's how you can bring in a player when you get to Justin Williams, January 2020, when you're like, oh, at the start of the year, you only have $500,000 of cap space, but now you have a million dollars of cap space when you get halfway through the year. One million. So basically it comes down to banking cap space, who's on your active roster, who's on your your NHL roster, and the days that they're out there. Now, I am not the uh, cap geek on this one. As a matter of fact, if you're going to go anywhere, go to Cap Friendly. They explain this really well. Uh, it's all right there. One of the best websites in the history of the world when it comes to breaking things down. They have answers. They have questions that you want to try to figure out how this works and how you can put everything into what you're looking for for your questions. They're all answered right there, far better than I can. But you bank cap space as the year moves along. And that's how when you get to the end of the year, that's why when you talk about why is this guy on long-term IR, you're not banking the cap space. Like Andre Vasilevsky is on more than likely going to be put on LTIR in Tampa. So then they can go add a player, but the second that Andre Vasilevsky comes off of LTIR, you're going to have to move money around to get underneath the cap. It's what, well, basically what the Canes did with Max Pacioretty last year. So, but Tampa you, knows that area well. Yes, but you can, as you go through the season, as long as you are not over LTIR, yep. you can bank cap space, and that allows you to make some moves. That's why every now and again you'll hear a team, they only had – what is it? 17 position players for a game. Yep. Because they couldn't have a full NHL roster because they would have been over the cap in a what penalty. Was that last year? I remember who did it. I remember that. I mean, I just remember uh, New Jersey when it was the Kovalchuk signing. Oof. Like they had to play like 18 guys. Yeah. And when I mean 18, like you get 20 to dress, you know, the two goalies and then. 12 forwards and six defensemen, they could only dress 18 players. So. Drawing a blank. I do remember that. I was like, where are all their guys? Yeah. I mean, that that happens because you get to a point where you go over the cap and there's penalties that come involved with it. So I don't know if that completely answers the question, but I think we did enough dancing around it. But, yeah, you your space is here. As you move on, you're paying your players and you get underneath that cap. By, Basically go to Cap Friendly and read that down. Yeah, it's right there. Thank you. You can Google that, too. Thanks. How does the battle for playing time on the defense play out? What happens if health is on our side and no one misses time? Fingers crossed. Do we get into a rotation, or do we have the best guy play and the rest are scratched for 82 games? Shane, I'm a big believer in these things always sort themselves out. This is true. And in our position, we don't have to make that decision. We just need to talk about it when it comes on. Yeah, but... I mean, again, this this sorts itself out. You're gonna you're gonna look at some games. Maybe you're gonna have a forward who's banged up, and you go eleven and seven. Sure. Some games, you're gonna have a defenseman just because a guy comes out of the lineup if if he's not 
Maybe he's banged up, but he's not hurt. You want to give him a night off? Yeah, we talked about that last time. You, you're there gonna, are situations that are going to be at your luxury that you may not have had in years past. Yeah, you're going to find you're going to find a lot of things that will work in their favor. But they have, in my mind, there'll be a plan. Will there be a rotation? Perhaps there'll be a rotation. I don't know. Your coach, Sarah's a coach. Our live studio audience. Like, if you have seven players who can play at a position, at some point you're going to work them into a game, right? There you go. There it is. See? And I think, again, the hard, the hard part is with professional players is telling them to rest. Thank you. Very difficult. Agreed. You want to play? Yes. Here's another one of these. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Canes will be top five on the power play. Take it. And PK. <laughs> take it. I'm taking top, it now. I'm going to go top 10 power play for sure. Top five PKs. That's a layup. That's, I'm going all in. That's, put that in stone. So, Chris Long, what would you name a Raleigh Major League Baseball team if, in fact, we get a franchise? I would name them the Raleigh Shane R. Willis's. Oh. I don't name teams. I don't know. I never thought that was an interesting story there, Dave. Yep. Uh, Caleb also asked, you know, what would you name the team if that happened? Uh, a little two-for-one. And uh, do you support bringing an MLB franchise to North Carolina? Yes. Why wouldn't I support that? Bringing great business to the Raleigh City? Why wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 100% Sorry, a destination hotspot. I know. Now you bring in an MLB team as well? Why wouldn't you? Uh, what would I name? I'm not in the business of naming no, no. teams. I'm going to think about it the rest of the show, and then I'll throw really? it Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I will. <laughs> so. Next question. Next question. You don't want to just come up with one on the cuff and move no. from a okay. No. So, I mean, there's a rich history of baseball in the Carolinas from the Carolina League forever. Uh, the Durham Bulls name is iconic mm-hmm. when it comes we can't to minor league baseball. Names. No, you're not going to take that. But I'm just saying, if you're going to go here, I mean, whatever you want. Would you call it Raleigh or would you call it Carolina? Mm-hmm. That becomes the thing for me. Really, twist things up a little so, bit. I would go. I, I think you might stick with Carolina because it would kind of coincide with the Hurricanes. Right. Mm. So, something to marinate on. You can call them the Oaks. The Oaks? Mm-hmm. City of Oaks. The Reapers? Ooh, that's a good one. Spicy, if you will. Spicy. Like my socks. People get the reference to that. Are you wearing the spicy socks right now? Nope. Nope. Well, then that was... Had a, him on during the autograph session, though. It was a wasted opportunity for me. Did you have the... I didn't sure know did. that you had him on. Getting warmed up. All right. Warm it up, Shane. You're about to. That's an old hip-hop reference on my part. Uh, Nick Scanlon. Don't think you saw my trade from last week, so I'll send it again. Oh, Somebody did boy, their homework. Go. Thank you. Carolina gets Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Edmonton. Brett Pesci and Jack Drury. Adds offensive punch to the team. Rod knows Ryan Nugent Hopkins because they host a golf tournament together in the offseason, charity golf. Edmonton gets a legit top pair right-handed defenseman and excellent center depth. Flame away, boys. I don't don't think I make that deal. Why not? Uh, Because I, I would rather have Brett Pesci and Brady Shea on my second pairing than Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the second line? I think that's another great question to the trade because where do you put Nugent Hopkins? That's my question. 
Where would you put the nooch? And how much is he under contract for? Long-term deal at a pretty reasonable number at 5.1. All right, that's reasonable. And what's his age now, 28? 30. 30. Mm. Plays center left wing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's valuable. Do you put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on your third line? No. He's got to be, if you make that deal, it's top six, right? So who comes out? Right. Yeah. I, and that's long. It's a workable trade. There's no question. Well done. You've did the math. Yeah. You've it's, done the math. It's it's workable as far as it fits under the cap. The pieces would seem to work. But, again, now if you're – let's look at it from the Edmonton point of view. Why am I going to trade an asset who is at a reasonable number for the next, you know, five years when we now have to sign Brett Pesci, who is going to command, I think, more money than well, that? Well, because the Oilers have one defenseman. I understand that, but I'm just still pointing out now you're that money works right now, works for the Canes, and it works for Edmonton right now, but then you have to do a long term deal. Yeah. So. Well done, though. I applaud the effort. No, it's, I mean, that is an A for effort. That is at least you have to think about it. Yeah. That is not a left field craziness no. deal. Yeah, that's not like dry sidle. That's a legitimate hockey trade that you would sit down and analyze and say, where does the pieces work when you talk about a hockey trade for our team? Yeah. All right. So, Nick, well done. I don't, I don't think I make the deal, Shane. Well, in fact, I'm not going to say I don't think I don't make the deal, mm-hmm. but where are you? I probably don't make it either, just because I don't think, again, looking more, the trade is workable, but the asset coming back, I don't think is as valuable to this team as the assets going the other way. True. Now, if you feel that he could play center and be a legit center, now you're moving other parts around and making yourself deeper up the middle. Yeah. So, and that's, I think maybe I'm looking at this as I'm looking at him as a winger, not a center. Yeah. So that's part of it, but I, I still don't think I make the deal. Uh, person in North Carolina, over under on Canes will get four penalties per game. Bunning and Lemieux will take a majority of those most likely. Uh, I'll take the under. I don't think they're going to be penalized four times every game. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Lee Phillips, favorite dad joke. I don't have a lot of dad jokes. I usually throw a few, but no, I try not to. Yeah, it's not my milieu. I had a good joke yesterday. Can you share it? No. Well, then you can't say you had a good joke if you can't share it. No. And take the one from Pulp Fiction about the family of tomatoes walking Dad down the street. jokes just kind of happen. Those aren't ones you memorize in your head. That's true. I don't know. You, you're dad. I'm not. Yeah. So I, I, work, I work blue when it comes to my comedy. We're all clear. Uh, does the Canes power play finish in the top 10 in the month of October? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm with you. For Shane from Margaret. Hey, Thanks. Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Hi. Uh, what are you doing over there, Swingle? Can you can you open up the bag a little bit louder if you could? All right, thank you. Great. Uh, would some of the players be able to visit the Little Lady Canes League, coached by Coach Sarah? It was right on I time. Mean, Right Big on kickoff time. last night. Yes. Big kickoff last night for Coach Sarah and the little Lady Canes. 
45 young girls plus on the ice because we had the U, the Super 8s. 60 young girls skating together. Wait, they don't really need the players when they have Sarah. This is also but fact. Margaret, this is something as we work through the season, little areas depending on timing, if we could pull it off. I'm always open to trying to throw a big pitch and see if we can hit a home run. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't it be when Coach Shane shows up? Pop out, just skate around. You are you are a fan favorite when all of the parents come by when we're at those season ticket member events. That's Coach Shane over there. <laughs> Say it with a glint in their eye. Uh, Anthony Riscotti, what are your thoughts on having two defensemen on a power play unit? I, I like it. If they're your two best options, like, Growing up, back in RJ, well, my day. You're, back in RJ, you're, the defensemen weren't very good offensively. Well, you were, you're way younger than me. But, no, back in my day, we used to have two defensemen on the power play, and we loved it. <laughs> One guy was responsible, and the other guy did all the hoity-toity stuff. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, especially no. when you're talking, obviously, he's talking D'Angelo Burns. Yeah. Why would that be a bad thing? You know, I, I bring this point back up of if you have guys who can shoot the puck from the blue line, and move the puck the way those two do, yeah, why not put them out there? And Rod Brennamore said when it comes to your power play units, you want your best offensive guys out there, your five best if you can. If that's your five best, you find a way to make it work. Yes. All right. Tony Garver, what's the mood around the team going into the season versus last season? Are the new guys fitting in with the core guys? Constant bickering. <laughs> Cat fights. <laughs> I'm just telling you the, the level of... of Tension of vitriol. In the room. No, it's fine. <laughs> this is a when these when these offseason plans are talked about for the Canes with who they're going to bring in and what they're going to do and how they're going to move forward. They take into account everything. How is a guy going to fit in the locker room? What is his reputation around the league? What is his reputation with other players? They don't just sit there and go, "Oh, let's bring in this guy," yeah. and not do any of the other homework. No, everything is fitting. A couple phone calls to maybe. Former teammates or players around the league who have played with certain people. Yes. What kind of guy is this? I know what I know what type of player he is. What kind of guy is he? Right. We put him in the room. Yeah. So no, the the mood is it's great. But you know what the mood is? It's a group that expects to win. The whole thing. It's a group that is if you're not here to win, don't come here. Correct. That's the mood. That's what they're about. And this why, isn't a country club. And why guys just easily use Orlov, Bunting, Lemieux, that's why they're here. Why this is a room still great? Because those guys are excited to be in that room. And they came in saying, what do you need me to do? Right? I wanna, I'm here for a reason. Let's go. Yeah. So when you have that kind of chemistry and, and character, a room's good. Well, and when you have the leadership of Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinuk, Sebastian Ajo, and the, the core group of guys who've been here now for three, four, five years. That core group, they don't let anything fester. And here's the thing. Just take a look. If there's something that doesn't fit, it's not in the room anymore. Correct. Just so we're clear on that. Uh, Bailey Curtis, what are your thoughts on Jack Drury breaking the lineup this year? Why is he going to break the lineup? He was in it last year. I mean... But why would he break it? I mean, break in. Want, 
No, it just says break the lineup. Oh, breaking uh, breaking the lineup. Oh, I think I'm, I'm going break, literal. Yeah. 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 Sorry, sorry, Bailey. No, it is break in the lineup this year. Uh, I know he's expressed interest in a trade in the past and wondering where the organization stands on that, if you know. Well, if the organization wanted to make a move, it would have probably been done by now. I believe that he is a guy who is slotted in right now to be in every night center for the Carolina Hurricanes. Rod doesn't like it when we number the lines on him, but it would be, if you look at the depth chart, he would be the fourth guy down the middle. When you look at Ajo, Stahl, Kotkaniemi, and then Drury. But, I mean, I what Shane just said, he was pretty much a regular down the stretch last year, pretty much from the halfway point of the season. And what you expect from Jack Drury is continuing to grow and continuing to take those steps forward. It's not like he's been hanging around in the league in a locker room getting scratched for five years, right? He started making those everyday appearances right. last year. Now this year you got to continue to grow and become, I'm just going to use a term that Rod used before, an every NH- everyday NHL yeah. player. A lot of guys don't make that. It's hard. Talk about 1%. There's a bigger percentage of guys that can't get over that hump right. to become the everyday guy. Jack's right there. It's a matter of continuing to walk forward into that. Yeah. Um, but my thoughts on him being that guy, I think what you're looking for is somebody who can win big draws, defensive zone, offensive zone, but be better in the face-off circle and chip in. I think we've seen that he can score goals, but chip in points consistently. And the way that the Canes lines are going to be constituted this year that group, his group, whoever his wingers are going to be, going to have a chance to score. Yeah. So, And I put him in the category very similar to we talked about it was a few shows ago when you talk about a guy you want to have a breakout year, and I mentioned Jesperi Kokaniemi, but my main focus was inside the faceoff circle right. and defensively. Yeah. I think it goes the same for Jack Drury. Yeah. Becoming that dominant force in a faceoff area to get puck possession and make big plays defensively. So the offensive end is – the easy part for guys. And so I think that's another area as you watch Jack and watch the way he plays and the consistency to be every day. Yeah, that's it. Just become a consistent everyday NHL player. Uh, Brett Martinez, as one who's trying to be a more educated hockey fan, only started following recently, why would one of the defensemen like Burns quarterback a power play and not a center like Ajo who usually distributes the puck? I would assume a center would be the one to set things up. Hope it's not a silly question. No, it's not a silly question. I think it's a, actually a pretty good question, and a guy who can answer that is Shane Willis right here. And one of the reasons why you talk about the quarterbacks of the power play, it's from where the puck goes to where you distribute it. High-low, right, Shane, when we're talking about working on a power play? So the floor is yours, Professor Willis. Uh, what the best way to explain that is I think – we talk about puck movement all the time, right. and Rod has used the great analogy uh, of basketball before where the ball is always moving, right? And you can't just hold it and wait. That allows a defensive group of four guys to reset and get back into their positions. Now, very similar to four-checking and five-on-five, five, penalty kills are a lot more aggressive. There's a lot more chasing. So when you look at different plays, the further you can stretch out a killing unit – is opening up seams and shooting areas for guys to fall into. So whether it be east-west, quick puck movement to draw them out, or a play 
low to high or high to low, you have to have motion and beat them with plays that are quick. Sometimes it's not always there. Sometimes I remember coming off the ice as a power play guy going be like, they are all over us. And they're making plays, and I think that's what the Canes do so well in a penalty-killing situation is everyone's in motion. But the Hurricanes have enough talent to make those seam passes east to west. I like to see more shooting early on in the power play to yeah. kind of get them running, right? Worn down. Nothing worse than giving up the easy turnover and letting teams fire it down the ice. So I think to me, quick puck movement, whether it be east to west, north to south, but getting a couple good quality shots early, not just throwing wasters away. But I've talked about this on the show before in intermissions. I mean, you're going to factor in so many different percentages, but a huge factor to me is then puck retrieval, right? Because there are a lot of 50-50s and loose pucks off rebounds, bounces off of sticks. Yep. The retrieval portion to setting back up, and then that puck is quickly moving again. It's never just sat going, all right, let's totally reset here before you get things going again. Now, the other part of it, too, is you have to look at it as the center then becomes the distributor closer to the goal. And that's where you have a Sebastian Ajo either in the bumper position or getting to the side of the net looking for somebody open. And then you almost have to change your perspective of not working from the blue line in, but working from the goal line out. That that's where the center becomes the quarterback of a power play, working it as Shane's talking about, getting to those loose pucks, looking for the winger, looking for a defenseman crashing in on those plays. Don't get focused on who's the quarterback. Right. Right? The Hurricanes have a very fluid power play with a lot of motion. One guy's not standing there. I'm going to use our arch rivals in Washington, like a Nick Backstrom, who is the quarterback, who's looking to throw a butter pass across the eight. Right? And if they he shoots it, there's a rebound. Where do we, get it back to Backstrom because he's the dish. I think the Hurricanes utilize more options than saying, Who's the quarterback? Don't get sucked into that of who's the quarterback on this power play. No. Should it be Burns or D'Angelo? It's not a thing, I think, with this these units. No, and it's, it's if anything, if you talk about it, it's distributing the puck to somebody who's open up top. And then if it's Tony D'Angelo, where's my option with the puck? Do I go for Burns in the shooting position? Do I look for Sebastian Ajo? It, yeah. it's, that's what it comes down to. And, again, I'm glad that you say that. For a lot of the basketball fans out here, think of it like a motion offense. That – you want constant motion. Somebody is working their way around, making it happen. We've had more, Shane. Uh, this is from Corey. He's not a bot. I've still been working on a trade, but as you and Shane say, there's so much chemistry here, it's hard to change it. Amen. Thank you. Somebody's listening to us. Uh, Storm Seller wants to know. That's, I guess, where we'd go for those national alerts earlier. We'd just all go to the Storm Seller's place. Did you send your address? Yes. <laughs> uh, some people are throwing around going and stock a- it. <laughs> With Storm Brew in the Storm Cellar. And Reese's Cups. And Reese's Cups, yes. And M&M's. Uh, some people are throwing around, are you an M&M guy or no? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Come on. There's some people who aren't. I don't want to know those people. Can do a quick story before this question? Yeah, absolutely. So, where Han and I, after the pregame show and intermissions, stand during a game. Down in the corner, the open VOM area of section 115. A good friend of ours, last season, uh, one Mr. Scoggins, who is a great season ticket oh, member. Yes, he is. Um, been here for life. Tossed me a pack of M&M peanuts. 
start of the game wasn't really great for the Hurricanes. I ripped open the bag of peanuts. Started eating them. Game quickly turned. Was this the Kings game? No, this was early in the season. Oh, okay. So it continued when you talk about dedication for 41 more games. M&M peanuts. All right, there you go. So peanut, yes, I do like them. Peanut M&Ms from the Mars Corporation for those of you in Canada. Yes, Mars bars are good. That's, yes, they are. <laughs> Mars bars are great. Uh, <laughs> Milky Way almost to the rest of the world. Mars bars in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are throwing around going 11 forward 7D in a regular lineup this year with TDA as a power play specialist. I don't like the idea long term as you end up double shifting too much, but I'm not RBA. Any thoughts on this as a regular strategy for the season? I just think when you have the depth that you have on the blue line, you can go with it. Giving Did you say 11, 4, and 7? 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. Oh, forwards. I said 4. No, four words. My fault. I did not enunciate. I did not enunciate properly, but now I will. 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. Defensemen. The defender. You good with it? Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, it's again like when people we're splitting hairs here. But when when we go down this road, like people say, "Oh, you can't." It's because nobody's done it. Going down the rabbit hole. It's you know we get stuck in the traditional. You need twelve forwards, and you need this line needs to play together. Remember when this line has to play together an entire season? I mean, how many lines honestly play together an entire season now in the NHL? Three. Four? For the every game? Yeah. Uh, under five. I mean, seriously. So, sometimes you change it. Is it ideal? No, but if it's a strength, I don't think it's a bad thing for the Canes to do that. No. But I don't – look, if you can go 12 and 6, you go 12 and 6. But if the game dictates you, you go 11 and 7, you're going you're gonna to throw your seven defensemen out there, and the Canes are going to be good no matter what lineup they put out there. Uh, Sawyer Newsom wants to know, with video going around of Jacob Slavin playing goalie at some point during the offseason, who is the one other Canes player that y'all feel would be possible to handle themselves between the pipes, even for just a practice? Can't wait for the season. Yours truly, Kaniac of Staten Island. Hi, I'm on Staten Island. I did see the video. Mm. Well, Slavin played goalie as a kid, like coming up. Didn't know that. Yeah. Dominic Hoshik was his favorite player as a kid. Okay. Uh, any other guy throwing the pads? I mean, if you're just kind of looking at, like, how they're built and you think they could play the position, you normally are going to look at it. You know what? I'm going to go Brady Shea. All-around versatile athlete. Champion golfer of the match. Yeah. He was a hell of a football player. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Brady Shea could be the guy who could put on the goalie equipment and play. And then even, like, during whistle stoppages, he could pull the helmet off and just flick the hair back. <laughs> right? The quaff would go back while he slid the helmet. You'd have to look. He, he, does, have to a look. Good, he does have a good mane. I mean, it is. like <laughs> You can see, like, the, the one thing. Or do the... Oh, the goalies do? Do the water bottle yeah. move. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I think we've come up with a good pick there. Uh, Josh McEachern, what do you think the game plan is going into the season without Andre Svechnikov? Also, I think Jarvis Aho and Lemieux should pair together oh. so we can call it the Roaring Twenties line. I'll do wear 20. i okay. generally not a fan of naming things, but that one's not bad. Uh, as always, let's go Canes, best friends for life. Uh, the game plan without Andre Svechnikov? Right. 
you're st- you have enough. You're loaded. Because Teravinen's still there. Yeah. You can win Teravinen, Ajo, Jarvis. And you could go Cole Bunning. Kinyemi, yeah, Bunning, Kokiniemi, Natchez. You could go Stalline. Jarvis with Natchez. You could yeah. go Teravinen with Natchez and Kokiniemi. Yeah, I mean, uh, what the game plan is going to be, they're they're loaded in that top six. I think Tavo Teravinen is in that top six until you see Andre Svechnikov come back. That would be one of the things you look at early on. Uh, ZL29, what is the biggest thing you are looking forward to this season? Can I say the playoffs? <laughs> I'm just going to go with next week. Opening night, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. How do you guys think the defensive pairings will shake out? Spicy take, second pair, Orlov D'Angelo. Or best of luck for everyone behind. Oh, also best of luck, not or. Also best of luck to everyone behind the scenes for the new season. Thank huh. you, Eric. Oh, Thank you. I was going to say best of luck to any forward lines to try and get by these six. <laughs> so here's my question, and it's the one that Rod Brindamore always fires back with us. So who's the top defensive pairing? We don't have one. They're all good. I agree with that. But I think it's not about top or bottom. Nope. And what Rod talks Raising about all the time, up. let me follow this up and back up the coach. Thank you. It's about the matchup. Okay? So if you want Burns and Slavin against, we'll just use, uh, let's use the Oilers Lions. Against McDavid, that's what you do. Maybe you're playing somebody who's a little bit heavier and playing those guys a lot. Probably want Orlov and D'Angelo, right? Maybe you got somebody who's quick, fast type of line. Now you got Shea and Pesci, yep. right? It's about the matchups that you want guys against. Not about, you're our best line, you should go first. It's not what they're looking at. No. I really do believe that every night, the minutes for the blue line, are going to be close. Correct. Like I don't. I think you're going to roll into a game, and weird things happen. But I don't Special think you're going to teams. Yeah, that would be the one thing that throws things off kilter when we talk about numbers. But I think that you're going to roll into every game, and one defensive pair is probably going to play about 19 minutes. One's going to play about 21. One's going to play about 22. Yep. Someone maybe tickles 24 if there's a lot of penalties. Right. Or a lot of power plays. Right. So that's how that works out. Good question, though. Matchups. Look for the matchups. Uh, as the world burns, any preseason rituals or superstitions you're willing to share? Any interesting ones from the players you know, past or current? No, there's not a lot of superstitions with this team, to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't have any. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not superstitious at I all. I used to. Uh, weekend, weekend at Burnsies, when's the draft? I have a title that needs defending. Well done. Mm. Well done. Pump the brakes. That's why we're changing the name from Kane's Cast Conference to Kane's Cast League. Quit living in the past. Remember, hashtag Kane's Cast League, hashtag Shane R. Willis. Send it to me. And, yeah, this guy's living in the past. Yeah. We still have to give him the, his championship dinner, but you know, still living in the past. Drunch. Drunch. <laughs> Definitely drunch. <laughs> uh, Zachary Martin. Thoughts on bunting early on? Can keep I give it, yeah, the keep it can going. I give the can I give the answer I actually typed out or no? Yes. I like that strategy. I'm glad to see it's coming back into vogue in the major leagues. Puts pressure on the defense to make plays and moving runners over, especially early in a game, to generate a run is never a bad thing. Speed kills. 
Can I rewind back to dad jokes? Yes. <laughs> there you go. You just had There's one. my dad joke. <laughs> Thank you. Well, he said thoughts on bunting early on. Yes. I'm a big fan of banana ball where bunting is not allowed. <laughs> but in the Canes lineup, I'm a big fan of bunting. Yeah. Uh, bunting is, I I think he is, and it's early, but I think he is fit in exactly the way that it was envisioned when they signed him. I haven't had the opportunity to talk to him yet. Um but has anyone said like? Oh, when we're going over the lines, Michael Bunning is in your top six. Correct. Yeah. Just again, maybe maybe you've talked to him, Mike. About let's talk about the difference in this area of our hockey community compared to the mecca of Toronto. Please do. Any insight from I, Michael Bunting? I've talked to him a little bit about it, just a little, and he goes, "Yeah, it's way different, way different." But he's buzzing. Oh, in a good way. Yeah. 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 But it's, for me, someone who comes from that market, you and I both know this, and there's nothing, again, Toronto, if you win there, it's a great place. It'll never be enough, but it's a great place. But there's no time to come up for air. And when you're there, there's this feeling of whatever you do, it's never going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, You scored 40 last year, you better score 50 this year. When you scored 50, now you'd better score 60. And I don't care uh, if we're the worst team in the league, we should win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Every year. And trust me, there were a lot of years where Toronto was. I'm rolling in with their tinfoil Stanley Cups in October. Uh, but I digress. No, Michael Bunning fitting in here, and I think that he understands that this is a fit for him too as a, a player. And that's the it's not the secret anymore. Players understand this is a great place to play. And then – it's a great place to stay and stick around. The weather's great. If you're an outdoorsman, plenty of stuff to do. If you're a sportsman that way, welcome to Ontario. Sportsman's paradise. Well, if you like, you know, snowshoeing. That's okay. I've never done it. <laughs> would, not, uh, would not recommend. But it's, I think, right now, the way that it's set up and the way that this team is, I have just a, a very quick conversation I had with, with Michael Bunning about, you know, moving here. And he did say, I'm like, oh, a little different from Toronto. He goes, yeah, a little different. A little bit. A little bit. So there you have it. All right, Shane, that'll do it. That was the end of the questions? That's it. End of the questions. And uh, now I got to watch Twitter to find out everybody who is going to be in the league. And then we'll, I'll have like 87,000. How come I didn't get in the league? I'm like, it's the first eight people hope by I the timestamp. I hope I have 87,000 Venmos. That'd be great if you do. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, Good luck. I'm not. I'm not sure when this is gonna get posted. Good luck in the Powerball tonight, anybody who plays. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you don't see me tomorrow, you know what happened. <laughs> What's it up to? One point two billion. If you don't see me tomorrow, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Thanks. Have fun running the league, Shane. Yes. So. I need your phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll forward him. I'll, I'll take a look from for the, the beach. Games. Yeah. Well, no, I, I. I am not going to give any hint to my location if I win. Mm. I'll be gone. And when I'm gone, I'll stay gone. Oh. No? Nobody? Pulp nobody. Fiction? Nobody. Everyone, in, everyone listening got it. No, nobody. I'd, like movies that I expect people to know. Like, if you, Have you talked to anybody young? Like even Happy Gilmore quotes. Like Caddyshack quotes, forget about it. Like none of the young I guys that we work with, none of the young people, of the people we work with get it. to us right now got that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know because it's from a very uncomfortable part of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's a tough movie. Yeah, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Swingle, you see Pulp Fiction? Of course not. Wow, 
We just do we age ourselves when we ask people this? No. So certain movies are classics. Like I saw The Godfather, and that movie was like by the time I saw it, it was out for like twenty years. You talking to me? That's Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> taxi Driver. Yes, Robert De Niro. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in The Godfather Part Two. Sure was. So I'm here for you, buddy. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. Uh, you get the last word there, De Niro. One week away, everyone enjoy a nice drunch. Thank you. Uh, one more thing, Shane. We should have drunch with Derek Stepan, who called it a career. Uh, what an absolute pro with what he did in his time with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, can I relay a little quick story? Yes, of course. So he first gets to the Canes, and he's walking by me and, and Trip, and I think it's a preseason game. Uh, and he goes, hey, nothing but good things about me when uh, you're on the broadcast. And I go, well, always, of course. And that was his thing whenever he'd see us. Nothing but good things. Say nothing but good things. So I have nothing but good things to say about Derek Stepan, a true pro. Uh, he, look how he mentored Seth Jarvis when Seth Jarvis came in the league. Uh, an, an intelligent hockey player, a delightful person to talk to off the ice, funny, smart. Uh, but one of the compliments for me, the biggest compliment I can give anybody in a, a given industry is he was a true professional, and that was Derek Stepan. And he had he had a pretty good impact on this organization on and off the ice. Well, and that's the one thing I was going to say when you look back at Derek's career and tip of the cap of respect to a guy who played 890 games in the National Hockey League and Derek Stepan did that through multiple organizations and you look at his release the other day thanking everyone for allowing him to be part of their family. And I think that's why he fit in North Carolina so well because he was a huge part of this family from the moment he got here to the way he worked each and every day, maybe not in the lineup, but came to work with that smile on his face and had the character of the type of player that Rod Burnamore wants in his locker room. And you mentioned about being a mentor, even when things, and when you talk about great leadership, even when things aren't going your way, Derek Stepan's a great player, scored a ton of goals in his career. But when he wasn't in the lineup, he came to work and continued to lead those young players on a daily basis of how to become an everyday guy. So utmost respect for Derek Stepan and wish him and his family the best yeah. um, in their future endeavors and enjoying some time away as he gets to spend a lot more time with his young kids at home. Um, I know he's going to love – getting out to the ranks, becoming a coach for his young boys as well. So um, not there's not enough great things we can say about Derek and what he did for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, we could we could devote probably an entire episode of Canes Cast to it. So with that, from Shane and uh, from me to Derek Stepan and what he meant for the Carolina Hurricanes. Thank you.